0: Hello and welcome, Bug Catchers. Hello and welcome, Josh. Hi, Tanner. Or, sorry, should I say Hitmontosh. That's good. A.K.A. Josh Fjallstad. And I am not Tanner this week, Josh. I am actually Octannery, A.K.A. Tanner Green Ring.
1: Oh, yeah. Sorry. Hi, Octannery.
0: To Experience Share, a Pokemon podcast, we are in Season 2 We are playing through Pokemon Gold and Silver, and we are in the Johto region, and last week we defeated Olivine City Gym, finally, and we have transversed the continent of Johto once again to make our way towards Mahogany Town. Joshua Fjallstad, it is Saturday
1: night, baby. Saturday night, baby. It's not a school night. We usually record on Tuesday
0: nights. We're going to cut loose on this one. This week, I was sick with a cold, which I still have a shadow of, but mostly fine. And it is Saturday night, and Josh should be at a fun dinner with his husband. And instead, he's here talking to me, and he's here talking to you, bug catchers. Had to tell him you're on your own tonight. Boys got other plans. You'll have to tell your one-person anecdotes rather than our two-person anecdotes.
1: None of my stories to regale the dinner table this evening.
0: I also woke up at 5.20 this morning, taking care of my young son. Oh. So it's going to be a fun energy on the podcast tonight. Study in contrast. As Josh carefully watches the clock to see when he can go meet his husband and friends for dinner and when I'm carefully watching the clock to see when I can go and collapse into bed. (laughs) We're pre-gaming for very different things. We started in Olivine City. We smashed Jasmine's face in her steel-type Pokemon's poop and then we made our way back north to, well... We had an option here. You could either head back to Ecritique City on foot slash bike. Right. Or you could use your newly minted fly that we picked up in... Uh, C.N. Wood. And just fly to Ecritique I mean, I flew. I chose to bike because I wanted to pick up some of that sweet XP along the way. And I think that made all the difference in the world between our levels this week, which we will get to... Well, I guess we can just do it now, huh? Yeah, we can
1: do it now because I will have uh, an announcement that will affect the story later on.
0: Do you want to go first? Uh, I can go first. Yeah. I hope your levels aren't embarrassingly low. Almost always outpace me, but
1: I, in the end, I get it together. Which will be very crucial for our next episode, which we'll make a special announcement about at the end of this one.
0: Yeah, we're doing something fun next week. Yeah. Right? We get to do promo. Someone tweeted us this week and was like, you should listen to these two podcasts, Experience Share and Uh." Yeah. I wanted to tweet them back and be like, you know, one of the hosts of Uh is going to be on Experience Share. <laughs> we'll announce that at the end of the episode. Joshua, what are you working with this week, my man? Joshua's all-35 club. (laughs) That's
1: cute. Yeah, they're all starting to worry about,
0: like, what are they going to have accomplished by the time they turn level 40? I'm 36 years old, and I worry about what's going to happen to me by the time I turn level 40.
1: You could relate to Joshua's Pokemon then. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So they're all level 35, but I will run through the list because there is a change to the talent
0: okay that's always fun
1: yeah we're going to be in a place at this point where you'll start seeing one-off swaps because we gotta i'm in the phase of trying to build the final or close to final team
0: we gotta get experimental we gotta try some some mon out we're watching them work out we're inviting them to practice especially me when i'm working with such a talented cast Joshua's
1: favorite show the OC at a certain point some people have to get cut the one who got cut this week if i may Taylor Townsend the Pidgeotto, has been sent to the great california in the sky
0: yeah and the phantom planet song is playing now
1: i'm going to sing a morose version <laughs>
0: okay you're gonna have to go on like fiverr and be like hey can you do like a morose cut of like phantom planets california uh no
1: need can i send myself five dollars because i'm gonna do it right now i found a a slow uh, acoustic piano version (laughs) (laughs) great although california is the normal version is one of my karaoke songs
0: that's a good one it's a bop it's a barn burner I bet you could do a whole karaoke set that's just songs about cities. Like, you could do that song that's like, I think I'm going to Boston. (laughs) I think I'll start a new life. You know that song? I don't know that
1: one. Who starts a new life in Boston? I don't know. (laughs) Like, Biz Bros.
0: Well, and I already do New York, New York, so I got two. Oh, yeah. Bugcatchers, if you have the opportunity to see Josh just kind of shit-faced... (laughs) <laughs> at 3 in the morning singing New York, New York on his birthday. Yeah. I recommend you you experience that because it's, it's something else.
1: Yeah, that is a long-standing tradition at this point. Probably 10 years.
0: Okay. All right. Treat me. Treat my ears. Here we go.
1: We've been on the run. Driving in the sun, looking out for number one, California. <laughs> Here we come right back where we started from. On the stereo, listen as we go. Nothing's gonna stop Taylor now. <laughs> California, here she comes. Right back where she started from. California. California. Here.
0: I'm sorry I laughed. I realized like halfway through, I was like, oh, I shouldn't be laughing. Josh is like, this is a in memoriam for Taylor Townsend, his
1: Pidgeotto. Taylor Townsend, the Pidgeotto has gone to the great California in the sky.
0: In your mind, is California like the Grey Havens from Lord of the Rings? Where oh, it's like-
1: <laughs> absolutely.
0: <laughs> it's just where the elves go when they have like lived out their mortal
1: life they call it a uh, June gloom out there, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yes, yeah, so Taylor has been, has gone on, and she's been replaced with someone who was bound to enter the team at one point, but it took me a little bit to figure out who it would be, and ironically, especially because of our earliest episode with the Unnamed hoot hoot that immediately got cut from the team. Noctowl has joined the team. Ugh. And it is Sandy Cohen.
0: Was it your original hoot hoot?
1: No. I went through a long list of hoot hoots to find the one that properly would embody Sandy Cohen, which means a strong, noble heart and will, the most intelligent person in Orange County. Right. Proficient surfer. Very proficient surfer. The moral compass of the show. You can stand if you want, but you know how lawyers love to talk.
0: You kept catching noctowls trying to find one that would learn surf. <laughs> and none of them would. <laughs> that was part of the reason why I
1: debated making Lapras, actually, Sandy Cohen at one point. Because the Lapras sprite is the surf sprite. Yeah. But the Lapras, as we discussed, is more of an embodiment of Summer, where... It's got a little saucy look, and it's secretly very intelligent. She goes to Brown University in the fourth season.
0: That's where my wife went.
1: I got rejected. Early decision there. Okay. Humble brag. I didn't
0: even apply. I didn't even (laughs) bother apply.
1: I had a, in retrospect, truly deranged Brown University application strategy, (laughs) where I don't remember what I wrote in my letter, but I do distinctly remember that a lot of like what i was talking about was like my ambition and all this shit about like oh i i won like student body president and when i ran for student body president i wore a white suit (laughs) and in my brown application letter i also sent a photo of me (laughs) lounging in my like computer chair in the white suit holding up five one hundred (laughs) dollar bills (laughs) <laughs> and like with a shit-eating grin, like this oh, like, could,
0: all, this could be yours, Brown
1: <laughs> admissions officer. Like the least capitalistic of the Ivy Leagues, beautiful campus. I did love that campus.
0: My wife went there. We've been to Providence several times just to just to visit because she misses it sometimes. And we've we've walked the Brown campus a few times. I do like Providence, beautiful city. We thought about moving there, and then we like. Last time we were up there, we drove around Providence a little, and God, I hope none of the butt catchers are from Providence, because <laughs> we drove around Providence a little, and we're just like, eh, never mind. Let's never move here. <laughs> yeah, I,
1: I went there a few times when I was in college. I went to Bard, but my friend transferred to Brown, and we went out a few times for their like Brown spring weekend. We called it Road Wildsland. My friend took a bite out of someone's pizza on the street because he offered it. No rules in Road Wilds. And-
0: no rules, yeah. It's very, it's very um, colonial, very revolutionary still.
1: You just run around and like nobody cares. It's just such a little tiny state. That I like. I also like their license plate. They have a really classy license plate. They do have a handsome license plate, yeah. yeah.
0: I don't know. Maybe we'll still move up there. You're starting to turn me around. <laughs> don't want that. No. I will say this. As much as I hated Hoot Hoot, I think Noctowl's a handsome Pokemon.
1: Part of what actually... Good looking Mon! Triggered me realizing is that Noctowls come out at night in the Lake of Rage. And so I encountered them in the wild and I was like, wait a second. Look at the eyebrows on that fucking thing. Look at its big, beautiful eyes. It's got two feet. Sandy Cohen. Here's the problem. Type normal flying is not very compelling. Well, no, but... Noctowl learns a lot of psychic moves, including Dream Eater. So it's secretly basically my psychic type. Can you teach us something that puts Pokemon to sleep? Let me let you in on a little secret. It already knows hypnosis. Okay, that's great. So three of my Pokemon now, three that have sleep moves. So the other two are Marissa, Haunter, Mm -hmm. because we were unable to meet up this week and evolve her. Because I
0: was sick. Because I was ill. Yeah,
1: yeah. Don't want me to have more powerful Pokemon, but sure. So you got your Haunter, Marissa. Then we got Julie Cooper, the Weepin' Bell. Yep. And then what are the other two? Dr. Roberts, still here, Graveler. Totally bizarre
0: to me that you still have a Graveler on your team.
1: I would say there are one to two more potential swaps that will happen on this team, I can tell you that the chances of Ryan Atwood, Sandy Cohen, Julie Cooper, and Summer, which is the Lapras, of any of them getting cut
0: are very low. Okay. Can I say something? Julie Cooper grosses me out, and I wish you would cut her. <laughs> the whole evolutionary line is just so gross to me.
1: I love Julie Cooper, though. She is one of my f- top three characters, probably. So I'm bound because of that. That mod also has some like devastating moves. Ooh, and I got Sludge Bomb. Ugh. TM36, the guard in the toll building after you defeat Team Rocket gives it to you. So, Sludge Bomb, that is a fun one. Yeah. It's a 90 attack power poison move. And Julie Cooper knows that one now.
0: Great. Can't wait.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, that's all of them because they're all level 35. Pathetic. What has stand got?
0: I'm just, I'm feeling a little torn up because Uh I also have a Pokemon who I am going to reluctantly release from the team and my Pokemon is Barbarossa (laughs) my Pidgeot I mean uh, sorry who reached level 36 and so I did evolve it to Pidgeot but having done that I feel like our time together is done so I'll say this I said, I think he's going to Boston. I think he'll start a new life. I think he'll start it over where no one knows his name. And my Pidgeot Barbarossa is going to go to the great Boston in the sky. I did just want to get him to level 36, which I did this week. The Pidgeot Sprite in gold wasn't doing it for me. Oh, that's too bad. He's probably going to get boxed next time. Oh, is this like a
1: pre-mortem announcement?
0: Well, I'll say this. He's been boxed. Because I was sick this week, Josh and I had to push our record and got to Mahogany Town, but then continued to play a little bit. And I will say that Barbarossa is boxed. Okay. And has been replaced, but you won't discover who he has been replaced by until next week. Oh, another cliffhanger. Okay. A lot of cliffhangers this week. And then it's just the, the standard lineup until I also do have a new edition. Exciting. We got Christina, My Night Arena, level 40. I had that fucking song stuck in my head multiple days this week do you know the the
1: song that i'm invoking you said what it was but i keep forgetting to actually listen to it you'd probably like throw me the statue they're good throw me the statue the song is called lolita wait is that a seinfeld reference oh i don't know the episode when george thinks that those cleaners stole his dad's statue maybe and then he gets it thrown to him at the end like he says throw me the statue could be
0: me the statue okay let's look it up (laughs) throw me the statue not one of the better seinfeld episodes you're a much more red seinfeld fan than i am oh i feel like i saw them like in syndication on fox but like was never a seinfeld fan
1: i was like born and raised on seinfeld for some reason my parents my mom in particular would not let me watch the simpsons i think mostly because she hated their voices but let me watch seinfeld like as soon as it was as i could even register what it was basically and i watched it like every night like at least two episodes on like uh upn yeah yeah that's where i used to watch it yeah i would say pretty confidently i've seen every episode like at least two dozen times probably my friend Charlie and I also have a tradition called SignFest, where every year around Festivus, which is December
0: 23rd, we watch them based on a theme. That's fun. No definitive answer. They are from Seattle, Washington. Oh, I should really know who they are. And my friend Jim and I have a similar Festivus holiday called Orb Day. Tell me more. Which happens on every December 26th. A boxing day. In high school. My friend Jim and my friend Glenn and I would meet up and watch all of the zombie movies that we could, essentially. And we celebrated the orb. And what's the orb? This garden decoration that Glenn's mom had in their in their backyard. <laughs> so we would eat pizza rolls and drink Arizona iced tea, and we would go out to the backyard at midnight and take off our shirts and celebrate the orb. Orb
1: day. Oh, it's like that Donald Trump photo with the Saudi... Prince. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was us. Mesmerized by the orb.
0: Yeah. Night Arena. (laughs) Christina, my Night Arena. Level 40, Joshua. Oh, man. Get on my level. Got me again. I have to make sure I get the name of this next one right, because the problem is... The Queen of Sparta has one name, but my Pokemon in the game has another name because I fucked up naming it when I rebuilt my team. Well, you, in
1: multiple episodes, have referred to it as Golga, which is the, like, 80s wrestler, right?
0: I named it Golga in the game by accident, (laughs) and its actual name is Gorgo. Oh, it's actually named Golga in this version? In the game, yeah. (laughs) So I fuck it up every week. Gorgo, my Meganium. (laughs) Is level 40, Joshua. Okay. Sensing a pattern. And then there's Harold, my Lantern, my new favorite Pokemon. Right. Level 40, Joshua. Uh-huh. And then there's Poundmaker. Level 40. My Growlithe. And guess what? It's level 40, Joshua. Uh-huh. And then I have a newcomer to the team that I caught en route to the Lake of Rage. Yeah. And it is such a little sweetie, and it's got... Two funny little heads, and one of the heads is a giraffe, oh. and the other heads is a little mischievous black ball. Oh, it's a green furring? With a little grin, and it's a <laughs> girafferig, and its name is Kinshi Huang. Oh, the uh, Chinese emperor, right? Named after the Chinese emperor from <laughs> Civ 6, because once again, my character is Fjallstan, Josh Fielstad's biggest fan, and he names all his Pokemon after Josh Fielstad's favorite game, Civilization Six. And you felt that the Daraferig invoked uh, whatever
1: century Chinese emperor.
0: I'll tell you this, man. When you are dealing with real historical figures from actual countries, sometimes you have to be pretty conscious of what you're naming certain Pokemon. Definitely. <laughs> like, I sit and think about it. I'm just like. Is there anything that's going to get me canceled about (laughs) naming this Pokemon after this, like, historical leader? Hey, that was my fret every episode in the first season. But I think Kinchi Huang, my Grafarig, is fine with that name. Yeah, I think it's fine. And it's level 40, Josh. Good for you. And I spent hours leveling this thing up from level 15 to level 40 in the last week. Okay. Well, I had to raise Sandy Cohen from level 2. To level
1: 35. So, technically more levels.
0: And I finally have a Psychic on my team. God, it's so nice. They're fun, right? Graphrig's a a fun little Pokemon. So, that means Robert the Bruce. He's around. He helps me fly from certain cities to certain other cities. Okay. But he's tier two. He's tier two. All right. And that's my Mawn lineup. It's the level check. And I got all those Pokemon to level 40, for the most part, except for Barbarossa, by walking from Olivine City to Ecruteak City. And by walking, I mean like I diverted back down to Cyanwood and spent maybe six hours in total surfing up and down the coast of Cyanwood. Your favorite spot. Killing tentacles and tentacles and leveling all my Pokemon up to level 40. Yeah. I encountered a real sweetie in my XP grind called Mantine. That's like the embodiment of a sweetie. I was like, "Ooh, doggy. This is <laughs> This is one of the most fun Pokémon I've ever seen. It's like a little manta ray. It's got a cute little face with a fun little smile, and it's got a cool other Pokémon that like hangs out with it. Oh yeah, do you know what they are? The thing that becomes Octillery, right? Remoraids. Remoraid. Yeah. It's so fun. It's got this little like guy next to him, and I encountered one in the wild. And I had maybe 30 great balls on me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no problem. This is no sweat. And I paralyzed it and got it down to like four hit points. And then threw all like 35 balls I had in my inventory at it and did not catch it. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Is this thing a fucking legendary? Why is it so hard to catch? No. Like it just kept being like
1: tackle. It wants to be free. Like it's a flying fish that it needs its freedom. Whether the sky or the depths of the ocean, Mantine is my new white whale. I am gonna catch a fucking Mantine if it's the last thing I do in this game. Are you holding a spot for that
0: Mantine? Are you bringing the Mister Squirt Junior vibe? I don't care. None of these, none of the Pokemon on my team right now, are precious to me in any way. Wow! Wow! Barbaros is already cut. None of the other five Pokemon I have are secure in any way. Wow! My final team could be wildly different from this. I don't even really care about Meganium.
1: <laughs> I mean, I replaced my starter, so... But Meganium is, I think, a much stronger entrant than Feraligatr. I
0: think the only one that I really have fallen in love with is Lantern. But if I get a fucking new water-type Pokemon, I don't even know if I need Lantern. Yeah. Any of these can be cut loose in any second. Okay. So... Should we take a quick break and then get into the, the meatus of this episode? Yeah, don't say that, though. Meatus? Should I introduce
1: Bleeping? Leaf that out. <laughs> it's a
0: medical term. For the meat of a penis. Uh, the meaty part of a penis is called the meatus. Redundant. Isn't that the whole thing? Yeah. Know what I mean? All right. We will be back in just a second. Josh, I made my way up to Ecritique City, and I stopped in to finally accomplish something that I missed the first time around. You...
1: F- Really struggled with Ecritique City.
0: There was a number of things that I missed the first time in Ecritique City that, like, now have been taken care of. Yeah. I did the Kimono Girls in a previous episode, but now I finally went to the Burn Tower.
1: Finally made it into the basement, the lowest level of the Burn Tower. And did you see anything interesting
0: there? Yeah, I saw something very interesting. <laughs> I saw three of the generic overworld sprites for, like, cat-type Pokemon.
1: Yeah, like, kind of raccoon-looking.
0: Identical, like, raccoony cat-type Pokemon. Sitting on, like, a... Like a plateau. Yeah, like a plateau. And I went up, and I walked up to them, and they all fled. Do you know what they are? Well, I do now. they're not cats. I think they are
1: more commonly referred to as legendary dogs, and y- you let
0: them out. Who let the dogs out? 100, 100, 100. Let the dogs out? and i did let them out, Who let the dogs out? and i didn't know i was doing that 100. 100. i will say this i i did a lot of grinding this week yeah and encountered Entine. entai. Entai. enti enti they all got funny names that's funny it's one letter away from being hentai which is a type of uh pornographic anime did you know that I, I know what hentai is. It's exactly what we were looking at earlier this season when we were looking at Whitney Pictures. So, entai, which is suspiciously close to hentai.
1: Surely what a Satoshi Tajiri had in mind.
0: Suis, sui, suisune? Suisune? Suasune? I've always thought it was suikun. Like, sui? <laughs> suikun? <laughs>
1: <laughs> suikun. Suikun, Sukun. No, that's wrong. Suikun, I think.
0: Su- sui- suisune. Suikun? Suikun? Suikun. Which I guess isn't suspiciously close to any kind of pornographic material.
1: Yeah, I guess N, Sui, and Rai, for Raikou, their original names were just the first part, and I think each one means, like, their element, so Entai is the fire one, so N is like fire in Japanese. Sui is ice, and then Rai is, like, lightning. I I believe that's how it works.
0: Okay. And then there's Raikou, who's weird because it's suspiciously close to Raichu, which is also a lightning-type Pokemon, or electric-type.
1: Raikou is busted, by the way. I don't know if you've seen all their sprites yet.
0: I'll say this. I've seen all their sprites. I've encountered them several times now in the wild. So when you release these legendary dogs from Burn Tower, you have like a small percentage chance to encounter them in the wild as you're out like grinding. And I did, because I was grinding a lot this week, encounter them all several times. But if you try to do anything to them, like fight them or capture them, they just flee immediately. But, like, that's of no concern to me because none of them are sweeties, so I'm not interested in capturing any of them. Absolutely not. I think Suasune or Suakun or whatever it's called. It's a a little fetching. And Raikou are both ugly. Oh, really? You think Entai is the good one? Entai is a powerful, majestic-looking being. I don't know. Entai looks cool as hell. He's got these, like, kind of, like, walrus sort of, like, whiskers thing happening, He's got, like, a powerful presence. He's got this, like, little crown. He does
1: also have eyebrows that actually a bug catcher tweeted at me whose username was Paul McFartney. Pretty good. It is good. It's simple, elegant... He or she suggested Entai could be Sandy Cohen because of that kind of noble nature. But legendaries are forbidden, so not an option.
0: Suasune or Suakun or whatever it's called is okay, I guess. We can both agree that Raikou is a fucking disaster. Raikou's a mess. It looks
1: like a fucking elementary school craft project. (laughs) (sighs)
0: so gross all this random shit just sticking off of it i should have made it my U make me gross i don't know why i didn't well i've got an i've got an ewer make me grosser pokemon there are a lot of uggos on this one we make our way east to route 42 route 42 is kind of this it's like a whatever it's just a route there's trainers there's grass very classic route
1: Mount Mortar is on it, which we couldn't really do anything yet because we don't have Waterfall. Right. I don't I don't even think I had anything to say about this. Well, I have something to say, Josh. I got some good apricorns. That's about it. I got something to say. Ben, what's that? Here's what I have to say.
0: I was on a sweetie hunt.
1: What sweetie were you looking for there?
0: Don't know. I don't look this shit up. I'm just like, let's look for some sweeties. And Route 42 was just full of, like, very standard Pokemon, like... I want sweeties. So, what I did was I resorted to headbutting, Josh. For the first time in my Pokemon career, I got my Sandslash Canute out of the box. <laughs> I haven't heard that name in years. And we <laughs> went and did some headbutting on some trees. Yeah. And I encountered a lot of very common Pokemon. But then I encountered a little Pokemon, Josh, who was my you make me barf Pokemon of the week. A palm. Oh yeah. It's a monkey that has like, <laughs> like this rictus grin on its face, like permanently grinning. This like terrible, like haunting grin. Oh, it looks possessed. There's no joy. There's no life behind its eyes. You know. Yeah. And it's got dumb hands, and it's got a fifth dumb hand on its tail. Oh man. It's got four hands, and they're like puffy ball hands. Oh, I hate this thing. It's fucking so
1: annoying that it has like useless actual appendages, you know? And then it's one useful thing is this hideous tail with the like alien like antenna on it.
0: I don't know what this thing is. It grosses me out. Yeah, it's just like this gross little monkey. Ugh,
1: ugh. Apom is a Pokemon that I have hated since the day I laid eyes on it in, you know, 1999.
0: I just really regret. Like, I literally spent like 20 minutes headbutting trees trying to find interesting Pokemon, and like an Apom came out. It was like, this is the rare Pokemon. <laughs> Gross.
1: And they don't give up on these Apom. Like, they're prominent in Detective Pikachu. How did this thing get made? This is a Pokemon that I would put in a category. How the hell does this thing exist? Yeah. Who thought this was a good idea?
0: It's like filler. They're like, oh, shit, we need 250 Pokemon. And they're like, well, we only have 236. And they're like, well, let's just shit out 14 more Pokemon. <laughs> and the first one they thought of was like, gross monkey with a <laughs> hand on its tail and a dead behind the eyes. I hate it. Anyway,
1: hate it. 100% agree.
0: Made my way through Route 42, made my way to Mahogany Town.
1: Mahogany Town. Yeah, it seems like it should be very upstanding. But you get there, and this place is a mess. Everyone's trying to sell you rage candy.
0: Yeah, rage candy bars. What is this? Did you buy one? Yeah, yeah, I bought several. (laughs) (laughs) I kept trying to leave the city to the east. Oh, yeah. And the guy kept stopping me and being like, oh. Got like a bouncer. You need to buy a rage candy bar. And I was like, fine. And then I would like do it over and over. I think I bought probably 10 of them.
1: Yeah, well, he's scamming. Because he doesn't actually <laughs> leave, as you've discovered, I'm sure, until... As I discovered, yes. You defeat the gym leader, Price. Price. But we can't do that quite yet. First, you have to go north. Because another man is blocking the entrance to the gym, and he's got like a mobster vibe where he's like, hey, uh, you're new in town, why don't you go check out the sights? Yeah, yeah, go check out the sights." And then he just like pushes you away. Right. And the only sites that you can check out is heading north yep. on Route 43 in the Lake of Ridge.
0: My big thing was I caught my beautiful graph Kinji Huan.
1: That's where I realized Noctowl was Sandy Cohen because I encountered one. I first went there at night. It was late at night on a Wednesday, and I was pushing forward because, in particular, the music... very like grandiose and like awe-inspiring, and I was like, I could do this. Uh, What's another half hour? Oh, it, it buoyed you. It did. So Lake of Rage, this focal point, as you might imagine, is a lake, and all around it are the little tree sprites, not the big trees, the ones that you can headbutt. And they form like a labyrinthian maze. All around parts of the lake. Mm-hmm. And I hugged the left when I went up the path. And I ended up going all the way up to like the very northwesternmost corner, saw a guy just standing there, standing out in the middle of the woods. Yep. Joshua went up to him. It's like, hey, guy, what's the deal here? I mean, is this like, is this legal? Whatever is happening out here? Right. And he introduces himself and he's Wesley of Wednesday. Yeah, I also
0: encountered Wesley of Wednesday. I'd forgot about these people. He gives you a black belt which is one of those items you can give to like a fighting type pokemon to empower it. Useless to both of us, but it did kind of open up my world to these these
1: weak siblings, as you might imagine, seven of them. And they each have a location that they show up on specific days of the week. There is Monica Monday. I've also encountered Monica Monday. Got a sharp beak from her. Tuscany, Tuesday. And then we got Arthur for Thursday. For some reason, they couldn't figure out a another T starting name for Thursday. Theodore. Theodore. Perfect. Theodore Thursday. Perfect. Frida, Friday. Santos, Saturday. And Sunny, Sunday.
0: Are they actually siblings? That's a good question. Because I'm confused about their like nationality or like, ethnicity. Because... <laughs> Both a Frida and an Arthur is provocative. Frida and Santos like sorta of make sense to me sense to me. It's sort of like a Spanish thing. But then like Wesley and Arthur and Monica all feel very like English to me? I don't know. Yeah. I'm curious about their heritage, I guess.
1: Yeah, I don't believe that the weak siblings are in the show. I think this is their appearance.
0: Okay. I, Josh, took the road less traveled
1: i think that was the road less traveled
0: well i took both roads okay but then i went to, through this fucking like guardhouse, and there were two team rocket thugs there and they were like if you want to go through here you gotta pay a thousand polka credits did you pay the troll toll i don't know i must have because i went through but they didn't give me an option you know yeah i just entered the house and it was like you have to pay a thousand credits that was it dialogue over Oh. So it's like, okay, did you take a 1,000 credits for me or not? Because I'm not sure what happened. (laughs) I think they took it. They're thugs. I paid it several times because I kept forgetting that that was a thing. Oh, my God. You never found the other entrance that's just to the west of that? No, I did. I just didn't want to walk through the tall grass. (laughs) Wow. And you make your way north to the Lake of Rage, which is a lake. And it's surrounded by some trainers who mostly just have Magikarps.
1: Yeah. You talk to the locals, and they're all like, uh, normally it's like a fair amount of Magikarp here, but there have been a lot of Gyarados lately. You can surf in the lake. There's a little overworld sprite of a red Gyarados out there. You go out to try to solve the problem, and who's making a ruckus happens to be a very cool sprite, overworld sprite, red Gyarados in the middle of the lake. Which is a, it's a shiny? Yeah, it's a shiny. Okay. Much like they kind of like hit you over the head with introducing the eggs. This is how they are introducing Chinese. Okay. Did you catch red Gyarados?
0: No. Killed it. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know why I asked.
0: <laughs> Not a sweetie. I did kill it, and I
1: got a... Uh... Red scale? Yeah. Yeah. Did you catch it? I caught it, and I got the red scale as well.
0: Oh, so you get the red scale even if you do catch it.
1: Yeah. Okay. After you slaughter or capture the Red Gyarados, you disembark on the shore again. And then Lance, some of us may be familiar with. Most of us. Lance of the Elite Four.
0: He's here. He's here now, and he's just like hanging out.
1: He's flying around.
0: Just fun. It's just his sprite spinning. I assume his Dragonite or something, like it flies him around.
1: Yeah, but he takes off like Neo at the end of the Matrix, where he just, (laughs) he says like, (laughs) Something about, like, I want to investigate, like, what's going on here. And he's got a cape. He can see through the matrix. He sees the code. Exactly. And then he just twirls his way up into the sky, which is not not how I think Dragonites fly. I like
0: Lance in this game.
1: Oh, I've always liked Lance. I probably had a crush on
0: him, if I'm honest. Lance is like, meet me in Mahogany Town or whatever. You make your way back down. Mahogany Town doesn't have a PokeMart. Instead, it's got this, like, building
1: building. Only sells rage candy bars, and it's where you would think the mart would be. And you're like looking for fucking anything. I was out of super potions for this entire leg. I had some random potions. I had fucking moo moo milk.
0: I would never, I would never give any of my Pokemon moo moo milk.
1: Hey. So gross. Desperate measures, man.
0: But yeah, there's no mart here. There's just this little like hut, and you go in, and it's like staffed by Team Rocket, and Lance leads the charge. Yeah throws himself into the the jaws of the villains, Team Rocket, and you, the reluctant hero, follows him down into the underbelly of this, this little rage candy shop. Bodega, yeah. You go down, and
1: it's got, like, tiled floors and a bunch of statues. Yeah, you, like, inspect
0: them, and it's like, it's a statue of a Persian...
1: Oh, I didn't do that this time. I was so spurned by the Ruins of Alpha experience. That's cool. They're Persians, like Giovanni's favorite Mon. Yeah. Okay, I I like that detail. That's a good one.
0: Every time you pass one of these statues, you get attacked from the left, like a, a Team Rocket character will run from the left side of the screen and battle you. Yeah. The second that battle ends, a Team Rocket character will run from the right side of the screen and battle you. So every time you pass one of these Persian statues, you're going to do two battles. Yeah. And you have to be fucking ready for that. And I was. I mean, I was. It wasn't a big deal for me. My Pokemon are level 40. Yeah.
1: I mean, you even more so, but I'm also overleveled. Like, I can't even imagine 40 is like a joke, but even 35 was like, everyone was easy. I had one particularly notable battle, though. I learned something new it's some grunt triggered by one of those persian statues he comes out he's got like two coughing and i'm opening with sandy cohen because i'm still raising him i use hypnosis obviously then coughing goes to sleep i use reflect then i peck it one time and then because i think i could finish it with one more move use fly and it wakes up in the same turn and then as it wakes up and I'm in the air now. It uses self-destruct. Which I actually thought might hit a Pokemon that's in the air. Because it's a, it's a big explosion. It's like a gas fire. Right. But it doesn't. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, it was great. The coughing explodes. I get no damage. And Sandy Cohen stays in the air. Then he sends out the other coughing. And the coughing comes out, and then I swoop
0: down. Screaming out of the sky. Yeah. The coughing comes out into like, a an empty battlefield. It's like,
1: oh? Well, I got this. And it just
0: hears this, like, <laughs>
1: Check this out. I have totally annihilated all the other ninjas. Sandy Cohen swoops down. One hit KO. That's cool. That was my favorite battle this whole jaunt. It's the only one that was memorable, to be honest. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so we make our way through this rocket hideout. You battle, like, a bazillion team rocket grunts you battle jesse there's no no james sighting
1: yeah i found that interesting too because
0: jesse has a, a custom sprite that's like very obviously her the thing is not called jesse it's called rocket grunt right but it's very clearly like modeled after the anime jesse
1: yeah and there is always a male rocket grunt right next to her
0: but it's just like a dude
1: yeah with his little like Newsy cap, no festive hair or like crop top and like jacket pun slogan.
0: Yeah, James was robbed in Gen Two. So you make your way through this this compound. Your rival comes back. In my case, bad Josh. God, he's always somewhere he shouldn't be. But I don't know if this happened to you. It happened to me. He didn't battle me. No, nope. because he had just gotten done battling Lance. Yeah, and Lance handed Bad Josh uh, an ass whooping. He got wrecked. The likes of which he couldn't recover from in time to battle me. So instead, you know what he did? What? Fucking shoved me again. Yeah, this uh, it's domestic abuser. I'm not concerned about the battles with Bad Josh because I've, I've handily beaten him every time, but he keeps shoving me. And it's so
1: insulting. It's the shoving happens more often than we get to battle him. It's so strange, this
0: gen. Like, that's his thing. He just, like, shoves you. Yeah. And your little sprite, like, moves over a dot. I hate it. I hate it, too. But I did battle the, like, Team Rocket executives or whatever.
1: Oh, yeah. The Rocket executive is, like, great, like, branding. Yeah. Yeah. They've got, like, slick back hair. They have both male and female ones.
0: They're cool. Which,
1: very progressive.
0: Every now and then, Team Rocket does something that's really cool.
1: Say what you will about Team Rocket, but they know how to brand a criminal syndicate. They're a cool-looking group. And this Rocket executive notes that they are awaiting Giovanni's return.
0: From Canto?
1: I believe that he's been sort of in hiding since Joshua I and... Mr. Squirt crushed him.
0: Yeah, embarrassed him so deeply. You and Lance have this little scheme where each of you takes a side of this device that is broadcasting a signal that is driving Pokemon mad and forcing them to evolve against their will. Yeah. The device is powered by electrodes or maybe Voltorbs. I don't know. They're literally indistinguishable. And hey, Pokemon company... You just made the same Pokemon twice. It's time to fucking fess up. One of them is just like enhance two times. It's turned upside down. You got the Electrode, which is red on top and white on bottom, and it's got bigger eyes, and then you turn it over, and it's a Voltorb, and it's got smaller eyes, and it's white on top and red on bottom. And it's like, that. That's it's bad, and you did a bad job. And let
1: me tell you something. I don't care for either of those fucking things. I don't either. Uh, I don't like them as far as I can throw them. And that ain't far. They're like Pokeball-sized and shaped, so you can throw them pretty far. No, I I think they're they're bigger. Well, they look like Pokeballs. Electrode is big. They're gross. I don't like them. Electrode's 147 pounds. I can't throw that far. Jesus Christ. And it's three feet diameter. That's like three golden retrievers.
0: (laughs) Interesting uh, unit of measurement. (laughs) Yeah. You shut down this fucking machine with Lance's help. And Team Rocket is defeated. For now. And they're driven from Johto. Or are they? We'll find out. We'll find out next week because they're not driven from Johto. It turns out that this is the beta program. This is the prototype for a larger program where they're broadcasting radio signals to drive Pokemon insane. And where did we encounter a large radio broadcasting center before josh goldenrod city goldenrod city and i seem to remember that i couldn't do anything in that building but now it seems like i do have that option yeah so we'll have to explore that next week we
1: return to mahogany town and we can finally enter price's gym yeah and gym leader price his focus is ice type yeah he's got like a skating rink for a gym where you kind of like slip around let me tell you something i'm a little embarrassed to say i struggled a bit did you with uh skating around that gym did you i wanted to hit all the trainers obviously right get that sweet sweet exp but as i was i eventually was like okay i got all of them and i I struggled probably for at least five to seven minutes trying to figure out how to line up the ice blocks with normal squares that you could stop on. Right. So you have to figure out, like, which ice blocks do I need to go on in order to end up on one that I can stop at, and then, like, right. prices in this middle area.
0: No, no, no. It's an extremely, extremely rudimentary puzzle <laughs> that a baby could solve. I figured it out. I think my nine-month-old son could probably figure out this puzzle. Okay. Well, I'd like to see him try. You struggle with it, and that's fine. That's fine. You struggle with it, and that's fine. Because we have played ahead a little bit, I hate to see what happens for you in this upcoming cave that's just all like ice rinks. But I'll say this, Josh. There's a cave coming up in the next leg. We have played ahead just a little bit so we can get ahead of next week's schedule. Because we're training for something that we will reveal soon. I would tell you, Josh, if you struggled with Price's Gym, save yourself a little bit of extra time to get through this game. <laughs> okay. I'll make a note <laughs> of that. Because I think it might be tough for you. Yeah. So Price, he was a dong. He sucked. And my Growlithe pound maker just tore through every single one of his Pokemon like they were ice cubes under a flamethrower because that's
1: literally what they were. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, that's all that you needed. Mine was also not really a struggle I just used Dr. Roberts for the most part because ground is super effective. Whenever it was a swinub or a pillow swine, then I brought out Julie Cooper, the weeping bell for super effective grass moves. And the one thing that I did respect about Price was his dugong, which was Joshi's
0: sweetie. Dugong is quite the cutie. Oh, Love it. It's this delightful little seal, which is a challenging way to describe it because it is the evolved form of seal. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's a Pokemon called seal, but its dugong is also a seal, and it's got a funny little horn. And it's got
1: these cute little fangs, and it looks like it only has two teeth. Yeah. And... It's got very inquisitive, fun eyes, deep eyes that you could get lost in. Yeah. It's got like flippers that look kind of like, go girl.
0: Oh, I'm looking at these sprites right now. I'm surprised that it's your sweetie, you playing silver, because the gold sprite is a thousand times better than the silver sprite. Oh, the silver sprite is not bad, but the gold sprite is just like ultra cute. It's got a little smile I take into account at this stage both
1: gold and silver sprites. Okay. (laughs) When I evaluate the Sweeties, do reveal a little bit about the process of Sweetie selection, when I'm playing now, I make a list throughout the journey per episode of, like, Pokemon I think will be a Sweetie, and then as the talent narrows, then I will eventually look at their sprites across gold and silver, and occasionally crystal as well. If it's like a tiebreaker. So this is a very, you know, mathematical process. Right. Dugong looks good across the board.
0: Dugong is a sweetie across the board. And I agree. Yeah. Price wrecked.
1: Most of these gym leaders should be out of a job.
0: Fielstan and Joshua have defeated Mahogany Town. Next week, Joshua, we are on our way to Black.
1: Thorn. Yeah, Blackthorn City to face Claire. I
0: think she's a dragon-type trainer.
1: She's like an acolyte of Lance. Right. So dragon-type.
0: When we get there, Josh, and when we defeat Claire, we will be joined by a new trainer.
1: Yeah, a new challenger enters the field.
0: A new challenger has entered the field, Josh. And his name is David Sims, and he is the host of Blank Check, the podcast, which originally, when I started listening to it, was about the Star Wars prequels. Yeah. But has since evolved into a show about directors who have been given a blank check in Hollywood to direct whatever crazy passion project they are most interested in. So we're talking about like your... Wachowski siblings, and your Steven Spielberg's and your whatever, like... Piao Miyazaki. Directors who have so much clout that they can essentially just write their own checks and, and do whatever they want, and it's a very fun and funny podcast, and David is a huge Pokemon fan and loves our show, and your husband has been on his show many times.
1: And if you're not familiar with the show, which hopefully you are, a good way to get into it And in a way that directly ties back to this show that we have referenced is they have a great episode with the writers of Detective Pikachu.
0: And not only will David be joining us next week for our episode and our journey to Blackthorn City, he will also be battling us. (laughs) That's right. Step into the arena. we will be having a three-way battle to determine who is the most excellent Pokemon trainer in all of Brooklyn. Yeah, <laughs> And that should be a lot of fun. And we'll have him on the show next week.
1: We will include some live commentary from the battle, but we will also have him on for the whole episode as we go about our journey from Mahogany Town to Blackthorn City.
0: Joshua, aka Hitmontosh, Thank you for joining me this week. And Tanner
1: a.k.a. octanery Thank you for joining me.
0: But catchers, thank you for joining us this week. Please like the show wherever you listen to it. Please rate and review the show wherever you listen to it. Please follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at expsharepod. Listen, we're we might be doing this for fun, but we
1: want this thing to be a success. Yeah. And we're both, you know busy men we're businessmen so yeah give us a little tweet give us a little instagram and we will send you a sticker and we have limited edition
0: holographic ones as well as normal ones so why the fuck not the holographic ones look fly as hell it's the season two art and they're holographic and maybe you can get one of those if you tweet about the show josh i will see you next week And I will see you next week, David Sims. I know you're listening.
1: David Sims, can't wait to see you on the battlefield. Sandy Cohen and all the rest look forward to it. (laughs) Smell you later. Smell you later.